Hey everyone, this is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. This episode is brought to you by Winview Games, the nation's sports prediction leader and home for pre-game and live prop contests. You can play against your league mates, you can play against your family, your friends. Go ahead and set, play against your co-host and finally settle debate on who knows their stuff best. This week we're going to be covering the Thursday night matchup of the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Go ahead and head on over to winview.tv slash doc and get $100 matched on your first deposit. Very excited for this matchup. Cannot wait to break it down with you, Tate. But there's so much news to cover before we get into Thursday Night Football. Lots Lots of things. A lot of people affected by the recent outbreak of COVID-19 in the National Football League. So, uh, in particular, it's a really, really, really interesting week to have it all happen, given that most fantasy leagues are pretty much in their playoffs or heading into their first week. So, Got a lot to dive into. Lots and lots to dive into. Though. I think the two teams right off the bat that are hit the hardest by this bout of positive COVID tests would be the Browns and the Rams. The Browns are obviously the one we'll probably start off with first because they are the Saturday game. It's hard to imagine a scenario where even the players that have been vaccinated can turn in you know, back-to-back negative tests 24 hours in between. That's the rule before they can get designated to return for the Saturday game. It's just such a tight turnaround for that. It's hard to imagine them being back. And if they are all out, that's Landry out, Hooper out, Baker Mayfield is out. It's David Njoku is out. I mean, basically, you're just looking at the Browns thinking, well, I'm definitely starting Nick Chubb, and then everything else is a question mark. (laughs) It's going to rely on our analysis to know who else to start. It's a great question. Um, <laughs> it's a really, really good question. Uh, well, I, it's hard in fantasy, but this week in particular, right? Because we're yeah. in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, unless you're in like a deep league, it's very, very, very difficult to, to try to justify trying to start anybody that is going to be rolling to their spot. I mean, of course, you start thinking of opportunity and who can at least get you by if you're in a deep league, right? Yeah. Um, there's a handful of guys, um, you know, as far as pass catchers go for, for Cleveland that are worth rolling the dice on. Do I think that there's one that really stands out to me? Uh, not in particular. Um, I so. think for me, it would be Donovan Peoples Jones. If you're having to take a flyer for a wide receiver, if you're maybe hit by other injuries, or maybe you're someone that has uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be out, you know, until their actual playoffs, which is absolutely brutal as well that he's out. But if you're looking for someone because another receiver is hindered or maybe has a big questionable tag and you don't know if you're going to have the start, I mean, at least, you know, that Donovan Peoples-Jones has had success in this offense as a pass catcher. You know, this isn't a total mystery what you're going to get with him. And um, with Landry out, he's the next man up. So he is catching mm-hmm. passes from Case Keenum, though. That's what I'm saying. That That's the mystery, right? <laughs> that's you know, the that, mystery. That's the mystery. That <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I agree with you that Donovan Peoples-Jones has had some moments, right? Uh, yeah, he's, he's had, had some had bright spots. For, he's, had, he's had some moments this year. And, and to that, you know, um, you know, certainly – I, I'm actually kind of intrigued by him as far as like his dynasty outlook moving into 2022 and beyond. But that being said, uh, yeah, this week I, I I'm gonna probably steer clear of starting any of those pass catchers. Um, that's just, but that's just me personally. I mean, it, it's not a horrible matchup against the Raiders. No, I was um, gonna certainly. say the Raiders are not really putting up much of a fight these days in terms of their defense, I feel like they're a definitely a team that can get exploited. So to have a week where you're missing 
a big chunk of your offense and defensive right. players. At least the Browns have a matchup against the Raiders. I, another name to note would be Dernis Johnson. I mean, if obviously Nick Chubb is the main guy, but if anyone's doing that cleanup and you're in a very deep league and in just in desperate need of somebody, I mean, you have seen him have success before and we have seen the Browns have success with two running backs on the field. So that's just something else to throw out there. No, it's, it's definitely the two, the second running back with Cleveland. That makes more sense to me. Um, yeah. So I, I'm more so on board with that. It just got to keep and kind of monitor the, the health of, <laughs> I mean, Everyone? it seems like Kareem Hunt's been out of the lineup, you know, for the majority of the season and stuff like yeah. that. So it's just um rough year though um, for Cl Cleveland, who just kind of seemed to be heading in the right direction, getting some momentum, um, kind of creeping back into the wild card race. And then they get, they get slammed by COVID, but they're not the only team. No, they're definitely not the only team. Um, but the next one to talk about would be the Rams. And obviously OBJ is out after having just a fantastic game this past weekend. Such a bummer. But immediately my thoughts go to Van Jefferson as a must start. Yeah, no, I'm I'm already feeling bullish on Van Jefferson as it is. I really, with Robert Woods going down um, and Odell still kind of being a work in progress chemistry-wise with, with Matthew Stafford. Sure. We finally saw that Odell is still capable of of playing at a level that we're at least mildly comfortable with and re resembles the guy that, um, you know, set the league on fire the first three years of his career. But, um, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm on board with, with that thought process of getting Van Jefferson in uh, for a spot start this week. Fantastic matchup against the Seahawks as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Rams are definitely in a just must-win zone, and after the win that they just had, they need to keep the ball rolling in order to be a formidable opponent in the playoffs as they come up. Um, another player to note would be Darrell Henderson, who was sick with COVID and is, you know, on the mend coming back. Um, I believe he, he hasn't practiced yet, but it's something to monitor. As soon as he can practice then you'll feel better about it. But I'm more nervous the less time he has to jump back into practice, just the conditioning and being able to get back onto the field, get back into play is kind of a question mark for me. Um, I don't love the idea of having to play Sony Michelle ahead of him, but well, be, it, might, it might have to be a workout that way. Michelle hasn't been awful. I mean, against Arizona, he wasn't amazing, but against Jacksonville, he was fantastic. So then you've got the Seahawks, which I kind of feel like are right in the middle in terms of an opponent. Well, I, well, what I'm saying is, is are we 100% convinced that Darrell Henderson is going to dominate the snap count like he did for a good portion of the middle part of the season once he comes back? Because, again, I don't think that Sony Michelle has looked awful. Not saying it's going to be a 50-50 split, but I'm not sure I'm just firing Darrell Henderson back into my lineup. No, I'm definitely um, hesitant to do that. Absolutely. Right. Coming kind off of that. muddies it a little bit for me. It really does. But at least, you know, you know what you're going to get with Sony Michelle if you still are going to start him and you this isn't a scenario where it's, you know, am I starting Henderson or Michelle? If if you have both, that's quite a conundrum that you've given yourself. But um, <laughs> hopefully that's not the case. And you can just start Michelle um, without any questions. But it's going to be kind of a wait and see game for me, um, for Henderson. But our boy Higby had a false positive. So he's getting the start this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they forced him to sit out, even though Brutal. I think like 
he had two negative tests to go along with that, with that, what ended up being a false positive and it still cost him a game. So yeah, that's, that's really unfortunate for our boy, but um, yeah, it's good to have him back. Uh, I mean, the Rams, the Rams are a team that are, that are dangerous. I don't think anybody wants to see the Rams come the postseason, whether they end up winning the NFC West or not. No, definitely. Um, how, how do you feel Higby will slot in for tight end this weekend as someone, uh, is he a must start for you in 12 team formats or is he only a deep league start? Uh, if you're removing Odell Beckham Jr. from the equation, um, yeah, I think that that's enough to give me the nod and unless you're just loaded at tight end. Um, definitely. But yeah, I, I would say that Higby is a top 10 play this week. All right. I like that. Um, let's talk about a couple other players that are out. Um, maybe not so much you're looking to start the next man up in this scenario, but Miles Gaskin is out for the Dolphins. Um, are, are you still starting any of your Dolphins, though? I mean, they're against the Jets. That's the thing. Like, I mean, not I know that you and I kind of go back and forth and like bagging on the running backs that are the Dolphins. But um, hey, it's the Jets. So you never know. Right. Honestly, it was going to get me super excited about Salvan, uh, uh, Salvan Ahmed, but but he's um, out as well. So are you? I know about Duke he's Johnson? got COVID. Duke too. Johnson, hey, son of a <laughs> bitch, Philip Lindsay. It's it's Philip Lindsay who is probably the guy that I guess is a he's crazy... out too. <laughs> Lindsay is too. Lindsay's out too. So oh, that's what I'm saying. Christ. It's Duke Johnson. <laughs> wow. Uh, the okay. Next well, man then... up in the running back depth. What do you mean next man up? He's the only guy left. Um, Last man standing. Jeez, Louise. Um, <laughs> they're holding tryouts. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go play running back for the weekend, Tate? <laughs> no, no. I, as much as I would, I would cherish the moment that I got to watch onto a football field, taking one carry. And at, at this point in my life, where I haven't, you know, met a treadmill that I like in quite some time, then no. Oh come on! Know. I'm sure just a little bit of sun and you'll be fine. Like you'll fit, <laughs> you'll, you'll fit right in. You just need to get that fresh Miami air. You you could absolutely get a start. I, this I'm weekend. sure vitamin D will do me real well. Give me the confidence that I need to step on onto a professional football field. So, <laughs> okay, not, we'll, as as I have a have a sip of my Corona. Yes, correct. <laughs> it it's all good. You know, talking about other players that we're looking at in terms of maybe having to slot somebody in in the meantime or in the interim. Michael Carter's coming off of IR for the Jets, and that is a matchup that you like, Michael Carter against the Dolphins on the opposite side of the ball. I mean, we haven't seen him in quite some time, at least be very successful. His last big week was against Buffalo in Week 10, where he had 16 attempts for 39 yards and a touchdown. Um, he also had, he was four for six on his catches and 43 yards for passing game. So, I mean... The last week we saw him was the last time they saw Miami, and he only had seven and a half fantasy points in PPR formats. So you don't love that, but I also feel like that was the game that we lost him, so I can't really fault him for not having a perfect game in week 11. Yeah, I mean, it, and if I remember correctly, that's when Zach Wilson wasn't under center either, if I, if I yeah. remember correctly. So, I mean, like, um, I'm personally not going to hold that against him. Um I think that Michael Carter's a fine start this week. I think he's probably like a, a top 20, top 25 play. Um, do I do I predict like a, a, a big, huge game? No, I don't. But, I mean, the, the thing that encouraged me a lot was his involvement in the passing game. 
uh, the last four, I think, full games that we really got from him. And, um, you know, also the fact that he was on a basically regular basis seeing at least 10-plus carries. So that opportunities, targets, snaps, touches, whatever you want to diagnose it as, uh, Michael Carter's arrow was pointing up when he went out. And really, the rest of the backfield there, no one really scares me to keep him off the field. I think he'll pick up right where he left off. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll he'll be a good a good back to get slotted in there as a flex option if you if you've had to deal without him and you're just looking for another running back to start. I'm very comfortable with getting giving him the start. Another running back that I'm excited to start is going to be James Robinson, and that's because Urban Meyer has been fired. <laughs> <laughs> My first immediate tweet when I got the notification from ESPN was to post a tweet saying, like, to, you know, retweet Adam Schefter and then say, give me all the James Robinson this weekend. Hashtag unleash, unleash the beast. Let's go. Like, let's go. I, I just want Sunshine to call the plays on Sunday and just have a, a fun day. That's all I want. Right. <laughs> How terrible of a pro, I guess, I I would say this is probably the end of Urban Meyer's pro coaching career. Um, Yeah. Went pretty poorly. Um, Went pretty bad. In terms of scandals and, you know, (laughs) off the field shenanigans, you don't, you never want off the field shenanigans for anyone, like player alone, but a coach to have this many off field issues I mean, to be fair, also, if this if if a player had had all of the issues that he'd had, he would have been suspended multiple games. I, I I can't necessarily say that you would have been suspended for conduct detrimental to the team, maybe, but uh, certainly his behavior was not becoming of a, of a professional, right? And no. you. It's one thing you can do whatever the hell you want, really, if you're a high profile college coach, because, you know, these kids, these student athletes are depending on you for basically their their way to get a livelihood and have an opportunity to, you know, obviously appeal to NFL scouts and stuff of that nature. So their life is kind of their football future is really in your hands. So you're not going to have too many people challenge you, right? No. That's not the case when you're obviously coaching grown ass men that make more money than you do in a lot of cases. So I just think he lost that locker room the second that he, after that Thursday night football loss against Cincinnati, although it was a tough loss, you didn't go back to Jacksonville with your, with your team. Like, that was kind of like the first domino to fall to know that like something's off. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess pour one out for urban Myers NFL coaching career. Cause it really ended before it ever started. I think it ended before the drink order got placed at the bar. Um, yeah. It was... I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and James Robinson though, long-term yeah. moving forward, let them get somebody that's going to help progress their careers not yes and not hinder trevor lawrence from you know growing he is a young quarterback with a lot of talent but still needs a lot of coaching to get to this next tier that he's fully capable of getting to if he has a good coach stability he needs stability right yeah i mean oftentimes i was hearing you're hearing you know trevor lawrence you know advocate for 
James Robinson and and kind yeah. of like almost having to explain his how old is Urban Meyer? Like like 55, like his coach, his 55-year-old's NFL head coach behavior. Yeah. And this is a rookie. I know. I mean, like, yeah, I mean I think it I think it also speaks to Trevor Lawrence's character that he's been able to, you know push forward with all of these shenanigans and try and like keep his head level because on the opposite end of you know having all these off-field issues with the coach at least from your your quarterback he hasn't been in the media just on the opposite end slandering the coach and just having this you know little match back and forth through the media he's been you know just focused on the football and so definitely respect Trevor Lawrence even more for being so focused in that sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think it speaks to his wisdom at a young age, which is so important to be a leader in a locker room, which he needs to be right now. Well, he's he's still the face of the franchise. So I mean, when, when you're taking the face, a look at, the hair, he's all of it. Yeah, he's got it all, and and I I don't think that there's with what you have under center, I don't think it's going to be a hard time to find a a quality coach that's going to be like, hey, my I get to start my career like my coaching you know career in Jacksonville with a number one overall pick that's widely regarded as one of the best prospects to come out in a while I think he'll be okay I'm, I'm just interested to see who they bring in uh to pair Trevor Lawrence with moving forward I agree let's talk about the matchup though and what it speaks to fantasy um in terms of what output we can expect for the game obviously the Jack the Jaguars are taking on the Texans Two two teams that could certainly use a win, but are definitely matchups where you're on typically looking and saying, oh, I'm playing the Texans. I'm going to start all of these players. Oh, I'm playing the Jags. I'm going to start all of these players. Now we've got them against each other. Is this a start everyone scenario or is this just to start your studs because we don't know what fully to expect? I think that the two words that you use together are at the very last portion of that question don't know <laughs> are very applicable to the, the trying know. to analyze what the hell Hashtag to expect. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I mean, I think that you can start every if if you were kind of in a place where you were starting, you know, specific Jaguar players or or Texan players heading into this, then I think that you, you I don't think you're going to shy away from starting them. Uh, yeah. I just. I'm not going to like, you know, DFS wise, I'm not going to like, you know, plant my flag on, you know, any player in this game and making them making me think that they're going to go off. I, I just, might take some DFS stock of James Robinson. I'm just feeling really good about it. Okay. All right. And and that, that probably would be the, the chalk play. I would say if we were going to, you know, take a straw poll and who is the one player you want out of this, this game it'd probably be James Robinson, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued and hopeful that anybody that's stuck with James James Robinson and you know didn't get ousted because of Urban Meyer's random benching of him for no damn reason, which by the right. way, most people spoke very highly of James Robinson and how the dude was, you know, basically an undrafted free agent uh, that you know kicked ass last year. And uh, what does he do? Last year, he drafts he drafts Travis Etienne in the first round and then also signs Carlos Hyde. Like I. I you know, Robinson, I, I still think, is very underappreciated, undervalued, and hopefully um, whatever coach steps in there realizes that they have a pretty damn good football player in James Robinson. 
I agree. Um, and so hopefully they recognize that. And hopefully he gets unleashed this weekend. Very excited mm -hmm. for that. Um, let's talk about Keenan Allen and kind of pivot as we're going to start going towards the Thursday night matchup. He is going to be off the COVID list and ready to play for Thursday night. So you're excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, another wide receiver I want to touch on really quickly before we do that is DK Metcalf. He did not practice on Wednesday. We need to watch his status going forward. But if you have, if you get the go ahead that he's healthy, how confident in you are starting him this weekend? Because he's been so off the mark of what you expect out of him against the Rams. I know. It's brutal. Well, there's no Jalen Ramsey. So, so well, probably not. Probably not. Probably, probably not. not. But then, I mean, it's just. I'm starting DK. I mean, unless you're just I know you're, wide receiver. You're, unless you're, you're absolutely I, I'm loaded. I'm starting you, DK. Even though, yeah. th like, there's so much shit that doesn't make sense about the Seattle Seahawks right now. And, and, and obviously, there is a divorce that is going to happen. I don't know who's going to leave the house, whether it's going to be Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson. Russell I Wilson's leaving. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's but Russell's out there playing and Russell's out there playing pretty poorly. Like, can we call a space bait? Yeah, like, no. I mean, he's also playing with not all of his fingers. So. <laughs> OK, well, then don't play. Like <laughs> I agree. Like, I agree. He shouldn't be playing and he came back too soon, but he's also kind of just like, well, I'm at the party. It's going to be awkward if I leave now. <laughs> so he's going to sneak it out. Okay. I get it. He's <laughs> no, I, no, he's the one calling the cops to make everybody else get out. Like, you know, <laughs> calling the cops at Pete Carroll's house. Who's throwing a party past, you know, curfew hours. Like, <laughs> It's a horrible analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Like I think so. Yeah. His beef is with someone else. And um, but it that should I mean, you saw how Aaron Rodgers played last year, right? Didn't he have some unsettled, you know, qualms with the Green Bay Packers organization? And the dude won an MVP. Now yeah. I understand, I understand he hurt his finger. I get it. Um, but he's back now. Yeah. And he hasn't looked like himself. No, he hasn't looked like himself either. I agree. But I also think that, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is upset, he just plays different. I don't know if – I also don't know if Russell Wilson ever gets mad. He just seems like a very happy dude, just like a very chill guy. Maybe he just doesn't have that rage factor that, like, Rodgers or Brady have. Like, you know, I, just, I don't feel like I've ever seen Russell Wilson mad. Brady's psycho-competitive. Rodgers is just – he's a different cat. Like, yeah. I don't know what makes him tick. Like <laughs> – and I'm not going to try to dissect the, you know, psychoanalysis of, of Aaron Rodgers, uh, because even it, just in and of itself, that that entire beef drama and how things played out and then also his COVID thing played out. Yeah, I, I'm it, it was all of it not going to try to pretend that I can figure out what the hell is going through the head of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, we I think that none of us can really predict what's happening up there. But what we do know is. Um, one, the, the Packers are on a roll. They have a great matchup this weekend, and I'm sure that they'll be doing just fine. Um, actually, they're playing the Ravens this weekend, correct? Did not correct. That, that is correct, and we don't know what the hell to expect from Lamar Jackson. Who the if Ravens we're going to be getting him back. Well, the he Ravens are signed Josh Johnson, so off the mm -hmm. uh, Jets practice squad as, as for a little bit of quarterback depth. That's not going to say that that necessarily shows their hand, but 
certainly they're a little concerned about the availability of, of Lamar uh, this upcoming Sunday. Which obviously if Lamar is not playing, I think it downgrades the majority of their players. Right. A couple pegs um, in my book as far as what I expect of them in terms of fantasy output. Um, but the Packers, it's a it's definitely a start everyone scenario. I know that Aaron Jones is questionable, but he seems to still be trending in the right direction to play. But you do love A.J. Dillon, and I don't mind starting both of them in this format either. Too bullish? I'm not going to say too bullish. I mean, you know, Dillon's obviously been heavily involved uh, recently, and Aaron Jones is still a threat to score every time he touches the football. So, you know, sometimes don't overthink it. I I just hate trying to figure out which ones to st- which one's going to start. Like, no. I mean, which is why I mean, I feel like rostering both of them this year, as opposed to like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, which you. No, Madison is just a handcuff. I'm never going to try and be starting both of them. But going into this season, I did feel like there was going to be a time when they would both have value. So I drafted as such with the potential of like, well, if I had to start both, I'm okay with that. Right. Okay. I get you. See what see what you're talking about. See what I'm talking about? What you're cooking. Should we talk about some Thursday night football? Should we get Let's into some it. wind deal? Let's. Yeah, we yeah. we got a hell of a game. Got a hell of a game. I'm very excited about this matchup. This is going to be a lot of firepower. We've got a lot of amazing questions. Again, guys, head on over to winview.tv slash duck. Get $100 matched on your first deposit. Winview games are super fun. And Tate and I will be taking you through our 10 questions of the night. And of course, Winview likes to start us off with a very difficult one that's going to set the tone of how we answer our questions tonight. The first one, Chargers win the game. Yes or no? So can we... Before we hit the rapid fire on these, uh, answering all these questions. Oh, we have to dissect a lot. These are not going to be rapid fire. (laughs) Okay, cool. This feels like either a changing of the guard game or a stern reminder that Patrick Mahomes is still that dude. I, Um, I get that. I agree with that. Herbert's a bad boy and he's, he's coming. Mm hmm. I want to throw it back to you first. Like, I'm actually curious because I, I'm so teeter-totter on this one. Like, I, I I love both of these young gunslingers. And the Chiefs, though, the Chiefs have been playing great defensively after such a rough start. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine points allowed in each of the last three games. That's bonkers for a team that was playing historically historically bad to start the year. So I don't know. I still feel like I don't fully trust the Kansas city chiefs yet, but I trust that Mahomes is still the baddest man in the league outside of Tom Brady. And I just think that this is an opportunity for him to remind the Los Angeles chargers that they're not on that level yet. Yeah, I I agree with you there. This could this has the potential for that. And when you're looking at how Mahomes has performed in the like the last three weeks or most of the stats that I have written down, um, and it's not looking good. But outside of those three, the game that he had the last big game, the big Mahomes game that he had was in week 10 against the Raiders. And that's where he had over 400 yards and the five passing touchdowns. But since that game, he has been a shadow of himself. So He's due is what I'm saying, 
but it's hard to read through the tea leaves when that's those last three games are what you have to look at. Well, you look at the last three games and that's fine. Like, I mean, I, I know you did, you, you did your research for this. For I did for, some homework for this concept. Yeah. For this, for this contest and everything like that. Yeah. I, I feel you. Good job. You know, round of applause. <laughs> Yay. Um, but when it comes to the, the, really the stat that matters probably to Mahomes. This team's won six straight. And Mahomes has dialed back and, and played more responsibly, I would call it, right? I'm not going to say that he's played like a game manager, but he's played, he's taken what the defense has given him. Mm-hmm. More willing to check it down, you know, like take care of the football, stop turning it over. Like Mahomes has played, he's cleaned it up a little bit. So all that being said, I, I'm still I'm still pro Chiefs here. Um, I just I believe that the, the Chargers, although that they have the talent, I just don't know if you're going to be able to snatch the soul of the Kansas City Chiefs right now when they know what is riding on this game because the Chiefs or the Chargers beat them earlier this year and that gives them the tiebreaker when mm-hmm. it comes to taking the division and getting a home playoff game and maybe even the number one overall seed. In the AFC, I know everybody's looking up at the Patriots right now. Definitely. And I love that you brought up their last time that they played because um, Mahomes did throw for three touchdowns. He didn't have 300 passing yards. He only had 260, but and he had two interceptions. So maybe he's able to get the touchdowns this time around. Maybe he doesn't go for over 400 yards to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking So basically to answer this number one question that we somehow <laughs> still didn't get to. Um, <laughs> Ten the, the Los Angeles Chargers win the football game. I'm going to say no. All right, I agree with you there. I'm gonna go no. Should we do our one risk free no, one shot? No, no, no I know no. you like to save that for the last minute, and then you always regret not using it sooner. You know what? But I, that's okay. We can go to the next question. <laughs> Number two, play my win view. <laughs> Both teams combined to score 53 or more points in this game. I was looking at this before we got on air, and I was going back and forth in my head on it because. In the Monday night matchup, I had told a friend of mine to bet the over because the over in that matchup for this past Monday night game was 51 points. And he totally should have done it because he would have won. But this is still very tight to me considering if we don't think that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 400 yards, maybe he's going to throw for three touchdowns. Maybe Justin Herbert throws for three as well, but he could easily have over 300 yards. I mean, I'm going back and forth. This is. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. You're more going over. I'm going more than fifty-three. Right. All right, um, roll it over. It, I'm not going to say it gets off to a, a very fast start, but you know, once both teams need to start putting up points, both of these teams are very capable of putting up points. So, um, yeah. All right. Go. We're going to go with the over. Smashing mm-hmm. the over. Justin Herbert passes for more total yards than Patrick Mahomes in this game. And this is the one that I was pulling up the stats for in the last three weeks just because I know. it's so clear and obvious who's been airing out the ball more and more effectively, and that has to be Justin Herbert. The last three weeks, he's had 303, 317, and 275 passing yards in each of the last three games that he's played. Mahomes, on the other hand, has had 260, 184, and 258. I mean... Herbert right there has had two games over 300 passing yards. And even his one game that was 200 passing yards was 275, which was more than both of his, both of Mahomes other 200 yard games. He's just airing it out far more. And maybe this is going to be one where they're playing catch up a little bit. Maybe they kind of go 
you know, back and forth um, in terms of having the lead in this one. That's something that I could totally see happening between these two teams. I'm confident that Herbert is going to have more passing yards than Mahomes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll with you on that one. Um, I don't think game flow really comes into play for the Kansas City Chiefs just because I think they're they're at their best when they're when Mahomes is slinging the ball over the yard. So um, the fact that they have a lead, it's not like they're going to take the air out of the ball. They're going to keep putting the ball in Mahomes' hand. But um, I really like what I've seen from Jalen Guyton as a deep threat recently. Um, You know, kind of like a sneaky DFS play. Like, um, you know, obviously Keenan Allen coming back means that Guyton's probably not going to see as many snaps, many looks, all that stuff. But still, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm going with Herbert. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Number four, Kansas City forces more turnovers than the Chargers in this game. Mm. I'm going to say yes. This is 50-50. Look, it's it, yes and no. Yeah, 2. I'm going to say yes. It, again, the last three weeks, if you're just comparing defensive uh, stat totals across the board in terms of interceptions, fumbles, recoveries, right. sacks, and touchdowns on defense, Kansas City nudges each one of those out by at least one to three in terms of stats. So, for example, the Chiefs have five interceptions in the last three weeks over the Chargers four. Um, they have six fumble recoveries over the Chargers three. Sacks, they have one more than them in that category over three weeks. They have 10 sacks and Chargers have nine in those weeks. And then same thing for touchdowns, defensive touchdowns. Chargers had one and the Chiefs have had two in the last three weeks. Just based on that tiny little edge. And I think that's why this one is so close and it's 50-50. I would say yes, the Chiefs force more turnovers for the Chargers. Look, there's no way after you just regurgitated all of that, you know, stat jargon, which is fantastic work on your part, uh, that I'm going to disagree with you. So let's go. Yeah, you sold me. Let's go. (laughs) That's the end of my notes. Everything else is just off and done. (laughs) (laughs) Blew your wad. Gotcha. Oh my God, terrible. I shouldn't have showed my cards. All right, number five. Either team rushes for 120 or more total yards in this game. Uh, you know, I'm going to say no. I, I just, I don't see either team really dominating on the ground. I think they complement to what the respective star quarterbacks can give you, but I, I, don't, I don't see either team really, you know, grinding it out on the ground. Uh, and 120 is a, a decent number so not necessarily just stumble upon 120 so i'm gonna say no yeah i agree i'm gonna say no as well i mean we know that eckler is dealing with kind of an injury to his ankle he should be fine to start it's just a sore one as they're listing it um but even still the last two weeks he was under 70 rushing yards so for me i'm and if he's the main one that I'm thinking is a running threat in this matchup and he's not hitting those big numbers, I mean, he doesn't really need to because they use him so much in the passing game, but I just don't see it happening. So I will agree and go no on that one. Yeah, even, I mean, Claude Edwards, you know, Elaire, uh, even though it's nice to see that he's getting carries since he returned, I mean... He hasn't. He, he is, speed. but he's just not having that kind of a volume that you can feel confident saying either team rushes right. for 120 more. And that's either. That's not both. Maybe if this stat had said both teams for rush for 120 or more yards, like I would say yes, maybe just to combine those players. But this is either, so I'm going to say no. Cool. 
cool. Moving cool. on. Moving on. Tyreek Hill records the longest reception of the game. I want to say yes, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like a trap. Admiral it's a trap. Yep, yep, exactly. It's a trap. Glad, glad you got the reference. Um, because Jalen Guyton, like I already mentioned, Mike Williams, there's other threats in this game that can get vertical. Yes, um, Mike Williams. But that being said, yeah, I mean... Give me Tyreek Hill. Cheetah. Still going to go with Tyreek Hill? Cheetah speed. Yep. All righty. It's my one Orlovsky. You want to do that one for the risk-free one shot? No, 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 Okay. No, no. We're going to need it. It's because we're going to get some stupid-ass field goal kicker question. <laughs> we get one He's, every week. He said very affectionately <laughs> Thank about you. the wind view questions. <laughs> All right, Mike Williams records at least four receptions and 80 total receiving yards in this game. I might want to use my one shot on this one. Um, <laughs> I know. I mean, in the last three weeks, the only big yard game that he had was against the Bengals, and he had over 110. He had 110 passing yards, um, receiving yards. I always mess that up. He's not throwing that much. I He's never get that He's right. I always miss up those two words, which make me sound real smart, and I feel good about it. That's no, I don't. I feel I feel dumb. Um, no, <laughs> but the last three weeks, he has had four or more catches. So I like the four receptions, the 80 yards is it's really right in the middle there for me but well if i'm gonna say no big plays will be there i think he'll probably finish with somewhere around 65 70 uh, it's a good number uh bravo to winview for putting that right where it makes me think um but yeah the, i mean the the volume of targets should probably not be super high with Keenan Allen and probably Austin Eckler in the lineup. So yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll go with the no for, for that reason. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you there with Keenan Allen back kind of takes a little bit out of that for me. All right. Number eight, either team scores 15 or more points in any quarter of the game. This damn question. It's already making me, it's putting me to sleep because I'm like, what the hell? Um, sorry about the yawn. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, yeah, why not? Give me the 3.7 multiplier. I mean, both these teams can score points in bunches, and uh, you never know if it becomes a shootout at any given point. Um, this could be a fourth quarter scenario where right. one of the one of them ends up going down and needing to make up ground quickly. Um, I definitely think that that could happen. That's not a crazy question to me. Number nine, both teams kick a successful field goal or f of 45 or more yards in this game. Is this where you're saving your risk-free one? Yep, yep. So go <laughs> ahead and do the yes. Okay. Because it gives us four times and it's risk-free. All right. Boom. That, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we save it for questions like these where we just don't know because I, you know... They're going to sneak Colin a kicker Spade said, I don't do a lot of kicker analysis. Maybe this is something that you and I need to work on in the offseason is our kicker analysis. No. You're going to say no. Hard pass. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Number like, 10, the I last question for us. Of I have a daughter. I don't have enough time to do the fantasy <laughs> analysis that I do already, much less kicker analysis. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right. <laughs> Number 10, any defensive player records two or more total sacks in the game. You know... Chris Jones would be the guy that really would have stood out to me here, but um, 
I two sacks is a lot to get in in one game. Um, it is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go no. I mean, all right. The four point three is in enticing, but I'm gonna say no. All right, we're gonna go no on that one, making our prediction, and that wraps up our lovely WinView contest. Again, guys, go over to winview.tv/doc, get that hundred dollars deposit match. It's super fun. You can keep all of your different contests in here, and you can go in and make all these fun plays for all the games on Saturday, Sunday, and you can also filter by other sports. So if you are so interested in basketball or literally anything else, they have every single one for you there. They're super fun. So please be sure to check them out. Absolutely. Until next time, everybody, good luck with your fantasy football playoff matchups. I'm assuming in week 15 of NFL action, we got some great games to look forward to, including this little It's a little banger we have on Thursday night football. But until next time, everybody, good luck. Later says the tater. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Be sure to check out all the other content and seasonal and DFS tools that we have for you over at drota.com. And also, if you have any of our questions, please check out the premium access that you'll have to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord. Again, right here at drota.com. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.